You're listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and this is episode three. Welcome back. Glad that you joined me for this next episode of the podcast. Over the next hour or so, we are going to be addressing two different important things. The idea that I don't have enough time and the idea that I don't have enough money. We're going to dive deep into the conversation of how you can make time and make money in order to make way for building your business. So if you have been sitting on a business idea, you have this light bulb in your head, you have this inspiration, you have this drive, but you feel like there are things holding you back, like your schedule, for example, or your wallet, this episode is going to be really eye-opening for you. So enjoy it. And let's get started. In today's episode, we are talking about how to make room in your life for your business by making room in your wallet and making room in your schedule. The reason for this episode, the inspiration for this episode, if you will, really comes down to the fact that I recently got off of a big launch and promo period and I encountered a lot of different people many of whom were really excited and passionate about building their businesses and dedicating time and money into growing their businesses. But I also encountered a lot of people who were at a very different stage and they have this idea and this inspiration and this passion they would really like to pursue, but they weren't sure how they could make room in their wallet or make room in their schedule. I can't tell you how many times I heard somebody say or or received an email from somebody who said, I don't have a lot of time right now. I don't have enough money right now. I don't think that I can invest in something that isn't already making money. I just, I don't know how to make it work. And so it's for those people that I am creating this episode. It's really to get you to think in a a little bit of a different way about your business because it can be really easy to get caught up in this mindset that it's not the right time and that you don't have the resources available to you to succeed. So I hope if there's one thing you take from this episode, it's that it is possible to shift your mindset and to make room in your life for your business, even if you started off thinking that it might not be possible. So let's get started. I'm going to start with the money. I'm going to start with your wallet. And the reason I'm starting with this is because more often than not, we at the beginning of our business ventures are scared to invest. We are really frightened. And it's because usually people are starting businesses because they want to change something about their life. They want to change their schedule, meaning you know they want to be able to build a business and work for themselves so that they can leave their 9 to 5 job or leave whatever position is currently making them unhappy or leave whatever position is currently uh, causing them to not be able to spend the kind of time that they want to with their family and friends. Whatever the reason is, 
usually the reason for starting a business has something to do with the fact that you are not entirely comfortable or happy or satisfied with where you are in your life right now. And and that's totally okay. But to think that the stars have to align financially in order to start your business is just the wrong way to think about business. The stars do not have to align financially. They probably are not going to align financially. Starting a business is uncomfortable. There's really nothing comfortable about it besides the fact that it's probably an idea that you've been thinking about for a while and you're you're excited and passionate about it. But there's really nothing about starting a business that's going to make you feel all warm and cozy and sunshine and butterflies. It's going to be a challenge. And usually the greatest change in your life, the greatest shifts in your life are preceded by feelings of fear, anxiety, taking big risks, and ultimately feeling really uncomfortable. We don't grow as individuals unless we push ourselves outside of our little bubbles of comfort. Now I'm going to draw a parallel to an argument uh, that I hear all the time. There's never a good time to have a baby. Now, no, I'm not bringing this up because I'm thinking of having a baby or because I want to convince you to have a baby. I'm just drawing a parallel in the argument. When people think about having kids, you know, some people think I need to wait until I have X, Y, or Z, or I need to wait until my situation changes a little bit. And oftentimes, you know, they're they're is an ideal situation to have a kid in but if you wait until everything is perfect you have enough money your situation is totally great no issues whatsoever you could be waiting forever you know there's no such thing as there being a perfect time to have a child and the same is true for business there's no such thing as the perfect time to start a business you won't have all of the money you need to start a business but does that mean you should stop from making progress no absolutely not you should continue putting one foot forward in front of the other to to take those steps even if they're little tiny baby steps forward in the right direction Remember that the entire reason for starting a business in the first place is probably to do with creating freedom and flexibility in your life. And often creating freedom and flexibility in your life is possible if you have the finances to do so, right? So it makes no sense to wait until your financial situation is strong and perfect and in doing so delay your business because by delaying growing your business and building your business, you might very well be delaying the very thing that could change your financial situation. You could be really close to building a business that changes your life, a business that gives you that freedom, a business that gives you that flexibility. So why would you put that off? How could you wait until your financial situation changes in order to build your business when it could be your business that changes your financial situation, okay? Oftentimes we ask ourselves, how can we afford this? How can we afford to invest in our businesses? How can we afford to invest in programs and tools and resources and mentors to help us grow our business? Well, really the question should be, how can you afford not to? There's, you know, if, if, if you can afford not to, then fine, don't invest. But, but, if you, but if you really want to change your situation, if you really want to be different, if you really want to build a life of freedom and flexibility, then, then you can't let your wallet get in the way of that. You need to think differently. You need to be creative with your finances, okay? 
it can easy it can be really easy to think how can we make more money but before you ask yourself how you can make more money try and think about how you can save money how can you better use the money you already have or the money that's already coming in how can you take that income and put it to your goals in a little bit of a different way Okay, so here's an example, and this might freak you out because it freaked me out when I really started digging into it. Let's do some coffee math. Coffee's great. I love coffee. It tastes amazing. There's something about holding a warm cup of coffee, especially if it's fall outside, the leaves are changing, the air is crisp, wearing a nice sweater bundled up, holding a cup of coffee, sipping on it. Ugh, it's just, it's the most amazing thing, right? Well... How much does that cup of coffee cost? And how often are you buying a cup of coffee? And what kind of coffee are you drinking? Are you drinking just like black coffee? Or are you drinking a latte or something more expensive than that? I did some homework and I found a study that Acorns Money Matters conducted. Uh, 41% of nearly 2,000 millennials, uh, meaning they were born between 1980 and 2000, they admitted to spending more on their morning coffee than they contribute to their retirement plan. Wow, it was a shocking revelation for me to, to realize that millennials are spending more on a drink than they are on their retirement. I, there's just there's no words to describe that. So so let's do some coffee math. Let's just say on average you spend five dollars a day on Starbucks or, or wherever you get your coffee. And let's say you do that five days per week. There are 52 weeks in a year. So five days a week times 52 weeks. That's 260 days. 260 days times five dollars. That is thirteen hundred dollars that you are spending on coffee per year. What could you be doing differently with that money? How can you cut that down? Here's an example. When I first decided to grow my business, I was dirt broke, okay? I had nothing. Like I knew that I needed to make at least $1,000 in order to live. And so I was just like cutting everything out of my life to make sure that I wasn't spending anything in excess, that I was making at least enough to break even. So I cut out tons of stuff and I never was a coffee drinker. I mean, when I was in college, I did drink some uh, coffee because I had that magical student ID card that you could just swipe and it buys you everything until you pay it back after you graduate. But student loans, you don't realize that when you're in college. Anyway, I never really drank coffee. But, you know, when I did start to drink coffee and I did get into that, I don't know, lifestyle of enjoying a cup of coffee... Instead of going to get coffee every single day, I drank instant coffee. And yeah, instant coffee really doesn't give you that same sense of gratification that you would get from a nice brew at a, a local coffee shop or even Starbucks. But it still gives you that coffee taste, right? It still gives you that satisfaction. It gives you that caffeine buzz. It does the job. So I made a sacrifice, right? A little bit of instant coffee, it never hurt anyone. And actually, I started to love instant coffee and I still drink instant coffee today because I don't know, There's, I, I developed a palate for instant coffee and I'm all about it and I love that I'm not spending so much money and I still get to enjoy coffee. And of course, I go get lattes now, but I mean, instant coffee is great too, especially if I don't want to leave the house on a morning. So just think about that. If you are spending $5 a day on coffee, five days a week, maybe you go more, maybe you go less, maybe you spend more, maybe you spend less, but 
in general, $5 a day, five days a week for the entire year, that is $1,300. Now think about how you could reinvest that. Think about if you were to cut that out, what could you do with that money? Could you launch a website? Of course, it costs about $15 to buy a domain name. It costs about $100 a year to host a website with a nice host. You know, there you go, that's $115. If you have an email service provider, which you should, that could be free or it could cost you around $30 a month. So, you know, a few hundred dollars a year, but even all of that combined, it's far less than $1,300. So write that in there. You just bought yourself the fundamentals to launching your online business, okay? Another thing that we are spending a buttload of money on cable subscriptions. Do you really still need cable? Oh my goodness. Thankfully, there has been a big movement that has started to really blossom cutting the cord. If you cut the cord, it means you cut cable out of your life, which is remarkable, incredible, because on average, cable subscriptions cost you $80 a month, which totals out to $960 a year. That is insane. Now, think about how you can use that money differently. Now, I'm not saying cut TV out of your life. I am not saying that you shouldn't be watching your favorite shows. I'm a huge This Is Us fan. I love binging Friends. I love How I Met Your Mother on Hulu. So I'm all about that, okay? So honestly, if you were to pay for a Hulu subscription and a Netflix subscription, you would spend $200 a year. That is way better than $960 a year with a fancy cable subscription. Okay, so Hulu, if you were to just pay for Hulu, it's about $5.99 a month for the first year with one month free. So about $72 for the first year, which is really inexpensive. Like that's an insane price. If you wanted just Netflix, you can get it for as low as $7.99 a month or $10.99 a month if you wanted to stream on multiple devices at a time. So about $132 a year if you were to get both. Again, that's just over $200. So with Netflix and Hulu, you're spending $200, but you're saving about $750 because, again, that average cable subscription is $80 a month, which is which is just shy of $1,000 a year. Like, think about that. Think about what you could do with that. Let's say you're a coffee drinker and somebody who still has cable and you cut both of those things out of your life. How much would you have to invest in your business? Do you see how much room you can make in your wallet to invest in your business and to pay for your business and to finance that? I mean, that's about $2,000 we're talking about already that suddenly came out of nowhere. Another really expensive habit that we have, eating out in restaurants. Wow, this is expensive. And again, I am I don't think I would call myself a foodie, but I do enjoy some good eats every now and again. I love... I love most things. I love everything, especially different types of food like Indian food and Asian food and, you know, all, all the good stuff. I love it. If it tastes good, you can count me in. But it's expensive to eat out in restaurants. It's really, really pricey. So let's just imagine, and this is very generous, by the way, let's just imagine that you spend $50 a month, only $50. That, that probably means you go out once a month. And usually that's going to mean you're with only one other person besides yourself maybe maybe three if it's like a little kid you're going with okay so once a month the $50 spend eating out at a restaurant that's $600 a year 
Now let's bump that by $10. So let's say you spend $60 a month. That is $720 a year you're spending at restaurants. Now let's say you bump it up even more and spend about $70 a month. That is $840 a year you are spending at restaurants. Do you realize how much money that is? Do you realize if you were to invest that $840 into your business, how far you could go? Okay, if you're going out to eat and you're not you're not really willing to cut that out, I understand. Like I said, I really like restaurants. I really like going out to eat. So consider doing something different. Consider eating out less expensively. So instead of going out to some fancy meal, grab a pizza pie. You still get that feeling of going out to a restaurant. You can get some Neapolitan pizza. It tastes really good. Maybe it's oven baked. Oh, so good. But it's much less expensive. Okay. Or instead of getting an entire meal, instead of getting dinner or drinks, dessert, maybe just get drinks or just get dessert. If you wanted to go out on that date night and just grabbing ice cream, it's going to be far less expensive than getting an entire meal. Okay. You could probably get out of that date night with a $10 spent, depending on where you go. And if it's a matter of date nights and you're thinking, you know, it's really important in my relationship to go out with my husband, with my wife, with my boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever you are with, listen, I hear you. I mean, I I really love date nights and I prioritize date nights. My husband and I, uh, for a very long time, went on a date night at least once, not at least, we went on a date night once a week. Uh, and he went, when he started his surgical residency, we... Uh, kind of changed it to be once every two weeks just because scheduling but we still prioritize date nights but date nights don't have to be something you spend money on in fact some of the most fun dates you will have will be the dates that you don't spend any money at all here are some inexpensive free date night ideas that, re that really cost you nothing maybe a few dollars here and there Pack some snacks in a backpack, go on a hike, put on your sneakers, go on a hike or walk on a walking path, bike path, whatever. Go in nature. Enjoy the outside. It is free. Cuddle in bed and watch a movie on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix isn't free, but I mean, it's $5.99 or $7.99 or $10.99 a month, which is pretty inexpensive considering how much money you could be spending at a restaurant. And, you know, that's that's really fun, cuddling in bed together, watching a movie on Netflix, as long as as long as you can agree on the movie, which is sometimes a problem in my house. Uh, game night. Game nights are free and they are fun. Inspired some healthy competition between you and your spouse. Go to a free outdoor concert. I uh, was walking around a few nights ago and I just happened into an outdoor concert and I thought it was so cool. And I realized, hey, there's probably more outdoor concerts here than I realized. And I looked it up and there's this whole series of outdoor concerts that I had no idea because I'm living in a new city. But there's probably outdoor concerts in your area too. Explore a free museum. Most museums don't cost anything to enter. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say most. Many museums don't cost anything to enter. Uh, they'll have admission costs, but those admission costs you will see in the fine print are suggested admission costs. You don't have to pay them. And if you pay them, they're really like donations. And you don't have to make a donation. If you can swing it and if you want to do it, absolutely go for it. It's it's a good cause, right? But you don't have to and it, and if it's a matter of choosing between your business and paying an admission fee into a museum i mean ultimately it's a matter of what what are your priorities and, and that's really up to you find a basketball court a tennis court a volleyball court take advantage of free community places for you to play some sports 
And if you're totally cool with embarrassing yourself like I am on a basketball, tennis court, volleyball court, uh, go for it. You know, I actually I'm so bad that it's actually funny. And when my husband and I go play basketball, tennis, volleyball, badminton, whatever, we just laugh a lot at how bad I am. And it's a really good time with lots of laughter. Go swimming. Uh, so maybe if you're daring enough, there's some community swimming pools or maybe your friend has a pool. Maybe you have a pool. Go swimming. That's a good fun activity to do for free. And here's a good one. Test drive cars dot 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 as long as you don't buy the car because that could end up being a very expensive date. But test driving cars is actually a lot of fun. I don't know why I particularly enjoy that activity, but you know, maybe it's because I recently leased a car and so I got to test drive a bunch. But it's a cool activity to do for free. So I hope that those gave you some ideas of things that you can do with your spouse, with your family that don't cost money. Not everything costs money. There are ways that you can creatively save money and uh, avoid dipping into your wallet even more. And remember, find that disposable income in your life. What how much money are you spending on coffee? How much money are you spending on cable? Find that money that you are investing in things that are just giving you some instant gratification and they don't actually propel you forward to your goals and reinvest those into something that will propel you forward. Reinvest those into things that will build your business or enable you to make room in your life for your business. All right, so now let's talk about your schedule. How can you make room in your schedule for your business? Now, like I said earlier, as I talked to dozens and and honestly hundreds of different people over the past few weeks, people who are already building their businesses or just starting to build their businesses, I found a lot of individuals who really had no idea how they were going to make time for their business. They have crazy lives like in I mean some people would tell me all the obligations that they have um, and actually when I welcome members into bread and butter blogging you the membership one of the questions I ask new members to share with me is what obligations do they have in their life that take them away from business not to identify you know people who might not be able to spend enough time on their business but just to figure out what are my members, what are the members of Bread and Butter Blogging You um, busy with? You know, do they have kids? Do they have full-time jobs? What takes them away from their business and how can I support them in that process? How can I enable them to find room in their schedules so that they can dedicate a healthy amount of time to growing their passion into a profitable business venture? So here's the thing. If you make the excuse, I, I don't have time, what that really is saying to me, what I hear when somebody says that is, I don't want to make time. There's a big difference, okay? There is time for everything. It's really just a matter of priorities. What is important to you to make time for? And, you know, when we are adults and we have spouses and and we have kids, obviously those come first, right? Those are our priorities. Those are the things that we make time for first. And so it can it can easily feel like you don't have time, but but it's not true. You do have time. It's just a matter of being creative with your time and and incorporating your business as as part of those priority items. Okay, and I actually uh, when I was 
crafting this podcast and planning it out and figuring out what was important to say and highlight and mention, I was reminded of um, something that my husband did when he we were not married, and he was interviewed in our freshman year of college by the school newspaper uh, because he was kind of an interesting person. He was in a combined seven-year BSDDS program, which meant that he finished his bachelor's and his dental degree in seven years. And in doing so, or while doing so, he also pursued a minor in music. He's a very, very talented self-taught pianist. And so he was interviewed kind of to describe his life and how he got into all of this stuff and how does he manage it all because especially as a freshman he was taking 41 credits in his first semester which was just insane and one of the quotes that stuck out to me in this article one thing that he said when he was interviewed I've remembered it all of these years he said when people say I don't have time I think that's an exaggerated statement because you could fit anything into a schedule and you can make the time to do anything you want I loved it. I loved it so much that I, I, I really have remembered it all these years. And I actually, as I was making some notes for this podcast, I typed it into Google to try and find that article again and find the exact quote so I didn't botch it. But I love it. I love that he said that. And that's what I love about him is that he is able to to recognize that, yeah, our lives are busy and there's a lot of different things that we're passionate about and that we want to pursue. And Saying that there are not enough hours in a day is really just saying that you don't care enough about whatever it is that you're not making time for. So if you care about growing your business, you will find the time to do that, okay? So there are two important aspects to time management that are really important. Number one is making the time, carving the time. And number two is being efficient with your time, okay? Both are important elements. We're going to start talking about number one, making the time. We have to analyze how we are spending our time. If you say you don't have time, you can't say that without actually doing the research into figuring out where you're spending your time and where there are potential areas for improvement. Is there a little window of time that you could stretch? Are there moments of time that you are not focused on something productive or that you're wasting doing something that's just not important? So one important thing that I want to highlight is that you are probably wasting a lot of time on your phone. Social media is guzzling up our times. And hey, I'm a big proponent for social media. I really like it. I love how it connects people. I have met countless people who have become really amazing friends through social media. So I love it. And I'm not going to tell you not to use social media. But I want you to be intentional with your time on social media. So I recommend that you download this app. It's called Moment. It is an iOS app that tracks how much time you are spending on various apps applications on your phone and if nothing else this application is going to help you realize how little moments that you spend on Facebook or Instagram on your phone they really do add up quite significantly and after you download this app and install it on your device and set it up I recommend using it for a week maybe two weeks and then go back into moment and analyze your trends figure out where you're spending a lot of time on Instagram, how much time you're spending on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social media channels you are active on, because I'm willing to bet that you spend a lot of time on those applications. And you're probably going to be capable of minimizing that time spent. Think about what you could do with that time instead. 
be more intentional with how you use social media. And an application like Moment that's going to analyze your time spent on these applications will help you realize, okay, I'm spending too much time here. It's starting to just be a waste of time. Let me cut down my time spent in half. And instead of being on Instagram for that 45 minute window, I'm going to use that 45 minutes to grow my business. Okay. Do you see how strategic this could be for you and and how it can help you be a better version of yourself and ultimately how it can help you carve out more time in your day? And the cool thing is that Facebook and Instagram actually rolled out new features recently that allow you to track their t- track your time using their applications natively. So you can go into your settings and analyze how much time you're spending on Instagram, on Facebook, and uh, you can see that right in, in, inside of the app without downloading another application. So if perhaps you're using a device that doesn't support the Moment iOS application, um, then you'll be able to use Facebook and Instagram natively. And you can, in Moment and in Instagram and in Facebook, you can actually set daily limits for yourself in there. So if you only want to be spending 20 minutes on Instagram per day, you can tell Instagram to set that cap and it will remind you that you are reaching your allotted time and that you should get off the application and I don't know maybe go do something a little bit more productive with your time like hey grow your business you're going to be surprised to realize how much time you are spending on those applications if you're anything like me you might be a little bit intimidated by it you probably don't want to know that's how I felt when I first heard about the Moment app, I was like, oh gosh, like I really don't want to know. I know I'm wasting a ton of time on these applications, but there's just something difficult about looking at it written down on an application, how much time I'm wasting. And that's just a big, it was, it's, it's a big light bulb moment that we sometimes want to avoid. But it's good and it's important for you to know that. You can't improve and make changes in your life without knowing exactly where you need to improve and make changes in your life. And this application moment and the new features in Facebook and Instagram will help you do that. And besides social media, take a look at your schedule. You know, are you waking up late every day when you could be waking up maybe 30 minutes earlier, maybe even an hour earlier? Are you going to sleep really late at night but not actually doing anything productive with your evenings? Is there a period of time in the middle of the day that you could probably dedicate towards growing your business? Is there perhaps a lunch break that you have? Maybe if you're working a full-time job, do you have a 30-minute window, a 45-minute window, maybe an hour window that you could use to growing your business? Those are opportunities for you. Those are blocks of time that you could use strategically to grow your business. So again, analyze your schedule. And I recommend doing so for one to two weeks. Download an application like Moment or, you know, just kind of take notes on what you're doing from hour to hour and where there are windows of time that you are not spending strategically at all. And then try and carve out blocks of time in your schedule that you could potentially use to grow your business. And this leads us to our next point, being more efficient with your time, being intentional with your time. So let's say that after you spend an hour or after you spend a week or two analyzing your day-to-day routines and your habits and where you're spending your time, you realize, okay, I have two hours every single day that are wasted and I'm going to use those towards growing my business. Now you need to make sure that you are really efficient with those two hours. 
It's great that you found those two hours, but if you don't use them strategically and you don't use them efficiently, it's really just another two hours of wasted time. If you go into those two hours daydreaming or if you spend them on your phone or if you're not focused going into those two hours or clear on what you should be doing, I mean, those two hours are just not helpful to you. You need to be efficient. You need to stay focused, okay? One of the things that I do to stay focused is set timers. I don't know what it is about me. Maybe it's the inner child in me. It could be. I mean, if you think about it, take a a six-year-old. Tell the six-year-old to clean his room, and he's like, no, I don't want to clean my room. I want to play with my toys. But you say, hey, I will set a timer to see how fast you can do it. Ready, set, go. He'll be like, yeah, awesome. And then he'll be like dodging up the stairs to his room. And maybe that's how I am. I'm just like a a little six-year-old at heart who is motivated by timers. (laughs) That could very well be the case. But here's the thing. It's normal to get sidetracked, and I'm a human. I get sidetracked all the time, so setting a timer helps me to realize, okay, while the timer is running, I am focused. Nothing else should distract me. And if I feel that urge towards a distraction or I feel a tendency to reach for my phone or anything like that, I realize first, oh, the timer's on. It's time to work. I should, I should keep working, Okay. So I don't use timers all the time, but whenever I'm feeling particularly um, unmotivated, we'll say, or just lacking some energy or drive, I will go to tomato-timer.com and I will use a Pomodoro timer. If you're not familiar with the Pomodoro method, essentially you work in sprints. So for 20 minutes, you are focused, hyper-focused, working really hard during that 20-minute interval. And then when that 20-minute timer is up, you take a five-minute break just to kind of, you know, take take a step away from your work and allow your brain to just relax for a little bit. And then when that five minutes is up, you do another 20-minute work interval and then back to a five-minute break. And you would usually do the 20 minutes and five-minute break four times. You could do more or less if you wanted to. And then after that is over, you would take a long break. So the long break is about 10 minutes. And I love this. I love that I'm so focused for 20 minutes and I get a break for five. And after four of those, I get that 10 minute break because it's intentional. And I know I'm supposed to be hyper-focused during the 20 minutes. And I know I'm supposed to take a step back for that five minutes. And it allows me to control my rest, meaning I'm not spending uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes distracted. I'm only spending five minutes at a time in between my larger work sprints. So I'm ultimately more efficient and more productive during my actual work time, okay? If you are somebody who is motivated by timers and you feel like that could help you or could help you again that's tomato-timer.com and it's the pomodoro method now some people i was at a mastermind meeting a few weeks ago and we were talking about different tools to help you stay focused while you're working and uh, we talked about the pomodoro method and the tomato timer and somebody else said you know what I've tried the Pomodoro method, doesn't work for me because 20 minutes is too short. I need to be working a little bit longer. And that's fair, right? You know, all of us, we are wired differently. What works for me may not work as well for you. Your brain might work for longer periods of time. So a 45-minute timer might be better suited for you. And that's exactly what she said. She said she uses a 45-minute timer with a 15-minute break. And she does that for however long she needs to. And she said it works brilliantly for her. So if that's you, if you resonate with that, go find a 45-minute timer with a 15-minute break. 
I'm sure there are many applications and web tools out there to do that for you. That brings me to my next point. You need to make sure that you minimize distractions. So there is a big, 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 gigantic difference between being distracted and taking controlled breaks. So those five-minute breaks or 10-minute breaks that I take during the Pomodoro method, those are controlled breaks. But being distracted, like for example, if I were to be distracted during one of my Pomodoro 20-minute work sprints, that can be very, very detrimental. The University of California did a study that shows refocusing after a distraction can take you 23 minutes and 15 seconds to get back to your task. That is a whole lot of time. That is insane. 23 minutes and 15 seconds. I mean, that's longer than one Pomodoro work sprint. It's crazy, right? I mean, yeah, not good. So you need to make sure that you are minimizing distractions. A few tips to minimize those distractions. Put your phone in another room. If you were anything like me, simply turning your phone over or turning it on mute is not enough because you will still feel that compulsive desire to reach for your phone and just to check it, just to see, did I get any new text messages? Did someone send me a notification on Facebook? What's going on on Twitter? Yeah, no, not cool. Put your phone in another room so you don't even have the option to actually get your phone. You'd have to get up off your chair, walk out of the room to go get your phone, and that will make you feel all kinds of guilty so you won't do it. Another option Get away from your emails. There is there's no reason why we need to be in our inbox all day, every day. And actually, if my dad is listening to this, he'll be like, you're wrong because he is always in his inbox and he believes that if you get an email, you need to reply to it instantly. And we are just fundamentally different at this point. Uh, but I think that emails are distracting and you don't need to reply to them instantly. Uh, your emails can wait. If somebody really needs to get in touch with you, they will call you. They will find a way to reach you. So a few different ways that you can get away from your inbox. Use Boomerang. You can pause your email from coming in altogether. So if you hit that pause button and boomerang in your gmail uh, account for example you will not be you will not see emails come in and when you are ready to check your inbox you can just unpause your account and all of the emails will filter in you can also i use the mac mail app so all of my mail comes onto my um mail uh, mail application so i i just close it i just close my application so i can't even see the option to go into my inbox and when I'm ready I then go open up my Mac mail and I see all of the messages come in turn off push notifications guys push notifications are the death of productivity I really believe it I mean there are push notifications on our phones there are push notifications on our computer why do we need to know instantly that cousin Susie liked our friend's Facebook photo that we're tagged in. There's no reason we need to know that instantly. And I don't know, you might feel compelled to take a look at that notification to see maybe Susie left a comment. There is no need to see that right away. Turn off your push notifications. Uh, my computer, actually, I have a, Mac, a MacBook. And uh, I don't know, I think it's 2014 MacBook. So I have Do Not Disturb on it. Um... If you have Do Not Disturb on your computer, turn it on while you are working. Like, you don't need to know everything that's happening as it happens. You can be disconnected for 20, 30, 40 minutes an hour, okay? Especially if you only have two hours a day to work on your business, 
Uh, maybe you even only have one hour a day to work on your business. I mean, you don't need to be checking your Facebook notifications and uh, as you are working. And it, it's ultimately going to distract you and it's going to take you a long time to refocus back on that task. And that, that's not efficient. It's not intentional. Okay, another thing that you can try... You could try it. I'm saying it like that because it doesn't always work, right? Uh, put a sign on your door. Put a sign on your door as you're working that says focused work time or do not disturb or uh, only, only disturb if there is an emergency or if you really need me. Okay, now obviously, here's the big downfall. You have a toddler. Your toddler can't read. Your toddler doesn't care if you are super busy working. I, I hear you, and I, I don't have kids, but I have a lot of experience with kids, so I can, I, I can understand that obviously this is not going to work for everyone, but I wanted to mention this just so that you can think about it creatively um, if it's going to work for you. And, and if, if it might work for you, you might as well just give it a try. Okay. There is no such thing as multitasking. I might be ruffling some feathers with that one. But multitasking implies that you are only putting some of your energy into one task and some of your energy into another. Uh, there is no such thing as being able to put all of your energy into two different tasks at one time. That is just not possible. You cannot do so. You cannot put 100% of your energy in two different things at once. Imagine for a second that you are playing with your five-year-old daughter. Your five-year-old daughter is in the room playing with her toys and you are quote-unquote playing with her, but you are also outlining a blog post. You are not spending 100% of your energy with your daughter and 100% all of your energy into your blog post. It is not possible. So it is inefficient. It's, if you only have 20 minutes to draft a blog post and spend time with your daughter, then spend 10 minutes only with your daughter and 10 minutes only drafting your blog post. That 10 minutes only with your daughter is more valuable than 20 minutes with your attention half split. So be more intentional with your time. Focus on one task at a time. Multitasking may feel like you are getting a lot done, but you are not. It is not efficient, okay? It takes a lot of mental energy also to switch from task to task, okay? Uh, and this is where batching comes in. So I'm going to spend a few minutes talking a little bit about batching and how you can incorporate it in your life uh, just to make things a little bit easier, to eliminate some of the stress of transition. So batching, I love it. I really do love it. I mean, as I'm recording this podcast, this is a creative day for me, so I pretty much draft out new content that I'm going to be creating. I record podcasts. I might be recording some new course content for members of Bread and Butter Blogging You. Um, this is my creative day, okay? I'm not bouncing from task to task. I'm not doing a bunch of social media. I am not doing um, a bunch of emails today. This is just me in my creative zone. And it works wonderfully because I don't have to switch gears all the time. I am 100% focused on being creative and producing new content. So in your life, on one day of the week, do all of the creative tasks. Do all the content creation. Maybe on one day of the week, you draft blog posts for the entire month. Okay. On another day, you might do social media, just all social media, everything. Okay. You just, you schedule all of your social media for the entire month. Okay. On another day, you might do all of your graphic creation. So you might spend an entire hour, two hours, three hours in your Canva account, creating a bunch of pins, creating a bunch of images for your Instagram account, creating a bunch of stuff for your Facebook. 
you're just in Canva in your creative element creating those graphics, okay? So my point is that batching is great because you get a lot done, but you get even more done because you are so focused on that one task and you don't have to spend any mental energy switching from task to task or bouncing from Canva to your email account to your Facebook account, okay? Whenever you work, you should be intentional with your work. So one of the things that you can do to be intentional and to get more out of the little time in your day and in your schedule that you have to work on your business, plan in advance. And no, I am not telling you that you have to go spend $40 on a fancy a planner that you make all pretty. And, and if you like to do that sort of thing, by all means, go do it. But I am definitely not telling you you have to do that. What I'm suggesting is that you take a little bit of time to mentally prepare yourself for what you're going to be working on ahead of time. And if that means you have a planner, great. If that means that you just open up your notes application on your phone and write a bulleted list of everything you want to accomplish tomorrow, that's great too, okay? And I've fallen into both categories. Sometimes I'm a planner person, sometimes I just use the notes application on my phone. Whatever works for you is what I want you to do. I am never going to tell you to do something my way because my way works for me. It might not work for you. Find what works best for you. But setting goals and intentions in whatever way that looks like for you is going to help you be more intentional with your time and get more out of the little bit of time you have to work. And the reason for that is because If you say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to work on content creation for the month of January, for example, that means that you are mentally preparing for it. You know tomorrow is about content creation for January. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There is just, there's no question, right? But if you were to not plan that and you were to just go sit at your computer and say to yourself, hmm, what should I do today? It's going to be much harder for you to focus when you do decide what it is that you're going to be working on. You're going to have to convince yourself. You're going to have to get into that mindset. You could have been thinking about ideas all along because you knew you were going to be working on content creation today, but instead you didn't give yourself enough time to process because you just decided that moment that that's what you're going to do. Again, You don't need to plan this weeks in advance or days in advance. You can plan the night before. That's okay. That's still a step in the right direction. But ultimately, when you do plan, even if you plan the night in advance, you will waste less mental energy and time trying to get into the mindset just moments before you expect yourself to accomplish something. Okay? So all of these things are really important strategies and tactics that you can begin to employ in your everyday life to not only make more time in your schedule, to craft that time, to carve it out of your daily routine, but also to be more efficient and intentional with that little bit of time that you do have. Because again... There's no such thing as not having time in your schedule for your business. It is 100% possible to make time for your business, okay? It's just a matter of deciding that it's worth prioritizing. And once you've decided that it's worth prioritizing, the rest will all fall into place, okay? Now, the next thing that I would love to talk about and I'm really excited to talk about is making making space in your brain, getting your brain in the right mindset that it needs to be in in order to thrive in your business, in order to decide that you want to 
make room in your wallet and make room in your schedule. Your brain is the most important aspect of all of this. And it is so incredibly important that I can't talk about it right now because I've already been talking a lot and I don't want to take away from this important topic. So I have decided to make this its own podcast episode where I talk all about getting your brain in the right mindset in order to be successful with your business. I just, I don't think I would do it justice if I were to talk about it right now. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much, Rebel Boss Ladies, for tuning into this episode, for dedicating about 45 minutes of your day to listening to different ways and strategies and tactics that you can make room in your life, in your wallet, and in your schedule for your business it is so important and i hope you learned something from this experience and if you did if you took something positive away from this you learned something new or you shifted your mindset in a way that you think is going to be impactful in a positive way in your life i want to hear about it i want to know what shifted i want to know what changed i want to know what you learned so let's start a conversation Follow me on Instagram. You can find me at Eden Freed, E-D-E-N-F-R-I-E-D, at Eden Freed on Instagram. Give me a follow, send me a DM, and let's talk about what you learned and what you enjoyed. And if you're feeling extra generous, I would absolutely love it and be so grateful to you if you considered leaving a review on iTunes. You guys know those reviews just do amazing things for podcasters like me, and I'm just a regular person just like you sitting in front of my computer recording this podcast for you. So anything that you can do to show your appreciation and to show gratitude for this episode or to show your support, that means the world to me. Thank you so much, Rebel Boss Ladies. And as always, you guys know I had fun. I hope you had just as much fun listening along. We'll see you next time.